Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Heil. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Feel free to email MyFirstSketchPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me personally on Twitter at Josh I. False. Before we get to this week's guest, I want to thank everyone who came out to last Friday's live recording with Dan Corkery and Caitlin Weigel of House of Solitude. Those interviews were indeed recorded and will be released next week. But today's guest is Annie Paradise, currently a member of the new fit house team, The Decoy. Her first sketch is a commercial parody called Sad Car. Dan Farrow provides the commercial's voiceover. I give you the visual information. And Annie reads the legal disclaimer at the end. So let's get to the sketch. Exterior countryside, twilight. Mountains in the background, we see an expensive car driving around a curve. Voiceover begins as we show a close-up of the car coming into view. What do you see in the 2010 Saab? Nine to three. Close up on the Saab logo, pans over to the headlights as the car drives into the woods. Is it the way the high beams pierce through the night, providing you with a false yet reassuring sense of control over your own mortality? Or maybe it's just how the doors open like regular doors. It is getting darker as the car comes out of the woods and drives upwards towards a cliff overlooking the sea. Perhaps you're drawn to the leather-appointed seats that are so comfortable you could sleep here for eternity. Or maybe it's just that you're positive you know how wheels work. uh, Camera pans over a car and upwards, focusing in on the moon. Spends an uncomfortable amount of time on the moon during the next bit of dialogue, but cuts back to the car. How about that moon roof you longingly gaze out of? while driving on one of these tiny, lonely, deserted roads, wondering if this time you'll finally go through with it. Or maybe you just like cars. Camera pans out to overlook the ocean. We are very high up. Don't kid yourself. It's probably that you've realized everything you've worked for in your entire life holds zero intrinsic value, and even the sweetest of desserts just tastes like dirt to you now. Or maybe it's just the sick, surround sound system. Car continues to drive up the cliff. But what if it's simply seeing yourself driving one? Off a cliff and deep into that all-forgiven ocean. Camera bands back out to the ocean. And that can all begin today at Dave Tao's Saab down on Market Street. Lease the Saab 9 to 3 for $1.99 a month. And finally show your mom that you can follow through on something for once in your life. All purchasers with high credit scores and past mental health issues will be the first priority. Hey, Annie. Hi. So where did this idea come from? Um, well, I was taking uh, Brian Kelly's Sketch 101. <laughs> All right, that's what I thought. <laughs> and that classic fit Sketch 101 uh, parody. I think we are at like 10 of 12 of my, like, like the, the fraction of 
Sketch 101 is really high right now. <laughs> okay, so this was your parody. Yeah. Um, a sad car. A sad car. Actually, yeah, because um, I, I work at the summer camp, and we named the, the common area, and I've been trying for years to get the common area itself be called sad car, and no one ever gets on board with that. Why would you want to call a common area sad car? Because it's just like the kids all have to say it, so it's funny. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like we called it like sports camp. It's a writer's camp, okay. so we called the common area sports camp one year, so they had to be like, Oh, everyone be at sports camp. It's ironic because they're all indoor kids. Obviously. Um, so uh, clearly Sad Car never made it. So that I, I just, for this, honestly, I had that written down. I was like, oh, I'll just write about Sad Car. Well, to be fair, in the life of a writer's camp, sports camp is funnier than Sad Car for the name of a common era. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I just, I was trying to get something mine, but that didn't work. All right. So when did, when was this uh, Sketch 101 with Brian Kelly? Honestly, after it's, I was, it was last, <laughs> it was last October. Um, I am fairly new to, to actually writing down sketch. Sure. Okay. Um, I, in high school, I, a bunch of my girlfriends and I, and I say that as if it was like chosen. I didn't have any guy friends in high school. Right. So just happened to be, we love Napoleon Dynamite. So one summer we. I, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when Napoleon Dynamite came out to feel how I, old I am. Like <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite came out when I was in college, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Unless you were like, unless you went to like one of those like seven to twelve high schools, and you're like, when I was in high school, seventh grade, like. No, I mean, well, <laughs> I I'm 25. Okay, so it's not that bad. So it's not that bad. Um, we just literally printed. We somehow like found the script to it and just tried to film and all. We just all played parts of Napoleon Dynamite, like. Like on um on one of those like handheld. So multiple questions come out of that. <laughs> one, what did you play? Oh, Uncle Rico. Two, <laughs> does this still exist? We've been trying. We've because we recorded on the VHS video. Like a, uh, we've been trying to find it. I have not found it since. Um, I just remember that we did it in the summer, and I remember it was really intense. We're like me. Honestly, wait. Now I feel bad. Maybe I was in middle. Of course, uh, <laughs> I just remember meeting at the playground to memorize the script. Like it was very intense. We're like, we have a we have a rehearsal. Um, um did you do the whole movie? Like, did we, <laughs> we did like the majority. I remember putting a lot of effort into that scene with Pam pa- or the girl that does the photos. She. Oh, she has like the side pony, and she's like taking pictures of him. Right. Um, we did that in my basement. I remember like really. <laughs> real. My dad's a photographer, so we borrowed all of his like giant. Um, like the backdrops and stuff. The backdrops. Oh, yeah. So you're actually like doing it for real, legit. Yeah, and I and this is probably like when I knew that like this is the stuff I want to do more because my friends were like, Annie, I thought this was just for fun, <laughs> and I was like, No, you're and you're completely serious about it, so, way more than you should be. Yeah, because um, um, like you saying that there, it brings like up. There's a Jack Black movie that I own but I've never seen called Be Kind Rewind, where they reenact all these oh different my, movies. Oh wait, that's <laughs> after their VHSs get destroyed. Yeah, like he works in a movie rental place. And then there's a new documentary that just came out called Raiders, where two kids just redid Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh! Until like they were adults to do that final like climactic scene, like where they needed like an airplane. Oh my god! But like over their entire childhood, they That's remade. Beautiful. Yeah, and it just came out. So look at for it. I haven't seen it yet. 
Well, yeah, that's like it was, and I was thinking, reflecting on it recently, and I was like, there was no like twist on it. It wasn't like we did it. We literally were trying to do shot by shot, like word by word, like complete. But that's. I mean, if though. that's the way you're gonna spend your summer, yeah, like you're not was, smoking crack somewhere, you're recreating a Mormon, mo- a Mormon movie, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and that kind of well, and so then I got into high school, and that evolved into like the same kind of g- girls we would actually f- uh, record. We would kind of make these like skits, um, and we didn't ever write them down. We just kind of improvised them and then recorded them okay. and like put them on YouTube. Everyone at high school does watched them. That still exists. It it does. It does. I can, sh- I can, sh- <laughs> you know, and I got to a point recently where I used to never share it, but I can share it. Because I, uh, one of my first episodes with, was with, uh, Ross from Temple Smash and he has a YouTube page from his childhood Yeah. and I went digging <laughs> and it's glorious and it, I, I'm hoping this is just as glorious. I <laughs> hope so. The, I was, the, the amount of eyeshadow that I thought was normal. Um, it's striking in these videos. Um, it was, it's called some skits and it was with, with, I think two T's in the skits part and maybe a couple Z's at the end. Cause you're a teenager. You have to have Z's. You gotta have the Z's, You have to have plural Z's. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you're making these little videos with your friend. Oh, that's, a, that's such a condescending sentence. No, but like, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, but you're basically a performer. Like you went to, I actually. So or then I, I went to writing or, and like. Yeah, I went to Pratt for creative writing. Sorry. It's an art school. Fancy. Um. Yeah, which was not. I wanted to do acting, but I didn't think that was logical, and so I went to. Art writing. School. Uh, yeah. I know. I was like, I'll be a journalist. <laughs> um, and then I got there in a month, and I like I got into the poet. They have poetry there, and that was where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because um. They have like a very open approach to it, so you could literally do anything and call it a poem. Right. So I just honestly was writing these like essentially just like long monologue type poems that were like comedic, um, <laughs> and they were like me just. In, it's like the poem would literally just be like start off me in a Target, and then that's like I would call this a poem, but it would really just <laughs> kind of be a mini sketch. So then, um, what, like, what other? Uh I mean, you do improv too. You're on one of the house teams, right? Yeah, I'm on Swan Year. Okay. So when does that all start? Like, um, what, how do you evolve from poetry to improv? To yeah. Oh, uh, well, so when I, I lived in New York, I took a class at the Pit, the People's Improv Theater. And then I was like 19 and everyone else was like like in their 30s or 40s and like actors. So like mm. I, it, it didn't mesh for me. I felt kind of out of place. But they had a scholarship a competition and it was like submit three minutes of your like most comedic like your comedic work and we'll give you a scholarship and I was like oh I don't I don't do I don't do anything like that so I made a fake uh promo video that was like are you like an infomercial that was like are you tired of writing your own poems and it was me just like Ugh. <laughs> um and I made it I and I got into like their final 10 I didn't win but one of my friends saw it and was like oh this should be like your thesis because it was my senior year and you had a mm-hmm. thesis so my thesis was actually like I wrote a hundred poems over the span of hundred days, one for a, per- a new person each day. So that and those were very like comedic, and I use I recorded them. So then um, I moved here about two years ago, and um, I I just was like, oh, I should get back in. I was still doing poetry, but I was like, my poetry is all like I don't know who I'm kidding. Like I'm just trying to be on stage. Like right. that's what this is. Um, so I I uh, started taking classes at Fit uh, last January, and then I just kind of 
threw myself into everything. So, oh, so you like I'm green, super new. Yeah, I'm very new to um, this, this space. What? So what? Like what? Um, what were you watching as a kid? Like what? You mentioned Napoleon Dynamite. Like what else was on your radar as a comedy? person as a kid yeah um I think a lot of like Zoolander like that kind of stuff I like now I watch it I'm like hmm but at the time it was like I just was like and I could and and now I get it but I was like it's crazy that like they're always in the same movies together like Will Ferrell and like it didn't uh, I was like oh they're just friends the frat pack (laughs) or whatever they call whatever that someone called them and yeah um and the idea that Zoolander was well, I mean, Zoolander was 2001 because that famously was released on the, the weekend after September 11th. Yes. So it did nothing in the movie theaters. Like, it, it just caught on the, on of course. video. Um, so what, like... I just loved a lot of Will Ferrell. I have an older brother. And okay. so my brother very much, like, I just kind of watched, like, the goofy boy stuff that he was watching. And... Um, and we would make a lot of videos and stuff like that after watching, after watching that. Um... But there was no, like, real, like, just the, that was guy comedy. That guy that comedies and then SNL, yeah. My dad really likes SNL, so he would let me, like, stay up and watch it with him. Oh. Um, Actually allowed to stay up. I would, yeah. Rebel. Wow. Um, Parent must really love you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I guess what, I mean, other stuff that, like, probably just influenced for me was, like, um, yeah, my dad is, like, very into, like, we, like he would, we actually watched a lot of Coen Brothers stuff with him. My dad's like, and I feel like a lot. I feel like a lot of that might have not been a good idea. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I'm not denying that, but like that, like it's one thing to watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou, but uh, I'm pretty sure Blood Simple probably isn't. Yeah, I mean, it was like it, it the was best probably, for children. Yeah, I mean, more. I mean, I, he also showed me Pat, Pan's Labyrinth very early on. My dad just has a very uh, eclectic taste and likes to share it. Um, but yeah, I think like I kind of been drawn to more the like weirder, sadder comedy type stuff, like Punch Drunk Love. And so uh, with um, with your watching Saturday Night Live with your dad, do you have a favorite cast member like? I think I think when I was younger it was like naturally like I was like Will Ferrell I just mm-hmm. love him but as I've gotten older um, it's definitely like Chris, I feel like Kristen Wiig for me as I was yeah. like getting into comedy and finding out like how I want to approach it I think for me it was like cool to see in this uh, just like a woman be not care if she looks stupid or not pretty that's uh, in one of the SNL documentaries that was on TV uh, Sherry O'Terry I think it, I think Sherry O'Terry says it where she was like. Uh, looking back at, um, I think she's like looking back at the original three of Lorraine Newman, Gilda, and Jane. She's like, they had no vanity at all as comedians. The joke, like the joke that she made, was like, it "Doesn't matter how stupid we look during the show, we can look p- pretty at the after party." Yeah, oh, and I love that, that. And that came with Sherry Terry because between those original three there's a dark period of, of females on Saturday Night Live. It gets a little bit better with Jan Hooks, uh, Nora Dunn, and uh, Victoria Jackson, and, and, but even though Jan Hooks and they're the big ones. Yeah. And then a dark period again until Sherry, Anna Gastire, and Molly Shannon take over. And like 
they're the start of the rise of the female on Saturday Night Live that yeah. continued with Tina Dratch, uh, um, Amy Poehler, and then Kristen and Kate. Like now, like yeah. where Saturday Night Live, like the writers might still be predominantly male, but the performers, the the, the females have been kicking ass totally since the late nineties for yeah. the most part. Um, so all right, with Kristen Wiig and so let's travel back to the beginning of fit so you start with improv yeah yeah i just i was I, i've been doing improv who um, was one, 101 who oh i took fred brown okay and then uh meredith was the buddy and then john or meredith was the shadow teacher like okay. she was and then john plester was our buddy and it was just like the most fun like that class i mean i i took all the levels and i've loved it but like that was like the best because it was just like the three of them mm. like hanging out and showing us everything um, and then I had Kristen Cheer and then Mike Marbach and then back to Kristen Cheer and she also directs. I'm on a independent team called Hotline, which is right. all all women. And so I'm, I've seen those videos and the oh the John yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, a big Kristen Cheer fan. So. Okay, um, so you you breeze through. Well, I'm assuming all four basically one right after the other. Like yeah, and did then, that volunteer volunteer life to get yeah, that. Yeah, and then you did um. Sketch 101, like, was there anyone in Sketch 101 that's starting to do stuff? Like, are they, like, I'm always curious about, like, who you take classes with. Yeah. Um, like, are, were any of the other students, like? Honestly, I started taking 101 with Joe Moore first, and then I had to drop because it conflicted with a fit thing. Um, and that, the, that one I took with Joe Moore, and then the one I was in with Brian Kelly, both times, like, aside from the buddy, it was all fresh people that don't that I'd never seen it fit before and that I I haven't seen, seen since. since yeah I, that's always a pro like I mean it's not necessarily a problem it's something that like people do that 101 just for the fun of it like there's no like commitment they're like it's always funny because like my 101 five years ago uh it was 50 certain people that were like in it to win it we yeah. wanted to do it and then just like the office, like cut up the office, like the class clown, the funny people that never showed up again. We yeah. never saw again because my my sketch one hundred and one was Meredith Weir, Brian Rumble, oh yeah, Madonna from Manny Petty, yeah, Brianna from Manny Petty, like yeah, and those four have gangs been doing all here, yeah, everything. And I did stuff for a while and then disappeared. And but like you could tell that those four were gonna do everything like yeah i think meredith and brian were cast on improv like on house teams immediately then yeah manny petty rose as a massive juggernaut in the city yeah. like but so sketch 101 there's no one there's none of it yeah and like i honestly just took it because i was um i am friends with kate banford good good comedy and we were just talking and she was like yeah i mean like it's just i love improv but like there's a thing about doing so much improv is like you're like oh but it's gone now yeah. <laughs> that's always my thing with improv I that's why I'm not an improv person because like if there's a good idea that we go I want to hold on to it yeah. and keep working on it <laughs> the whole show it better yeah. like not even the whole show but like afterward like I want improv groups where Second City they improv to write like yeah and I want more of that yeah not yeah. just like oh it's 30 minutes like I don't necessarily like that Del Close where like temporary fleeting art just disappears <laughs> like no let's let's do it let's recreate it let's make it better let's 
make it magical, even more magical. Yeah, like, yeah, no. I feel like that's been a way for me to cope with that feeling. It's like after I do, a, I mean, it was fun. I did a scene with um, Jack O'Keefe in our Swanier, in our the Fit House team, and I pitched it to the new to Athena the. Mm-hmm. The fit sketch team I'm on, and uh, Jolie wrote it, and it's in our show coming up. Uh-oh. So I'm excited for that because I was like, we were like, this was that was such a stupid scene we just did, but like, how can we make that an actual mm. sketch? So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, so how is the experience of writing for the house team now? Uh, I'm really I'm enjoying it because, like I said, my past uh, experiences with poetry, and that's a super unless you're collaborating with someone, it's super individual. Uh, Brian Rumble's approach with us that I've really enjoyed is like. We all threw pitches in, and we took each other's pitches and wrote. Yeah, and I really I, love that. And then we t- wrote each other's second drafts. Some of us did. So like, I, I, I wrote a first draft, and I was like, "This is, I don't like this. I don't want to keep doing this." And then so Dan was like, "I'll take it," and right. he wrote. And so I, that to me is like, it takes away owner. It takes away like the ego ownership that like I feel like I could have. Right. Um. I don't want to be negative, but I just want to be like, let's see how long that lasts. No, like. <laughs> I hear you. I, I At least for starting off, it has been good because it, right. it automatically put us all on the same page. And it also, like, I think within the first show, it also will, um, it's like a trust exercise. It's just much like, yeah, like learning about each other, learning each other's quirks, what makes, you know, what makes Dan laugh isn't going to be what makes you laugh. Yeah. What Jolie laughs at isn't going to, you know, necessarily overlap with. I can't, uh, Molly's on the team too, yeah, so I'll totally. use her too. Like, um, and then if you can, you know, distill that into a group mind speak, you know, it might work out. I'm excited to see it. I don't think I'm seeing it the first week. I'm seeing it the second week when this airs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely good at least for like having us like, yeah, that trust. Cause I'm like, cause like Carolyn Beatty's on the team and it's like to have someone, to have you pitch something and have someone write what you pitched and like do it justice, it feels good. Like it feels like, oh, you respected my idea and you made it even cooler than I thought I could make it. Like that's how like that was my big fear was that like if I pitched something and you turned in something I didn't like, like that would have been my yeah. And anxiety. that's a, that's a weird feeling too. Yeah, because because like, when Jolie said that you guys were doing it that way, I immediately was like. Um, no, (laughs) like I'm good. That's not how this happens. (laughs) Um, so, okay. Um, you mentioned good, good as well. Yeah. Uh, you host a, the slam, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a poetry comedy show. So basically, uh, I bring a poet, I bring one of my friends that's a poet and I've had a few, I've had some that I didn't know, which was great, but like, um, I bring a poet on, they read some of their like legitimate published poetry and then they kind of sit with me and we, uh, judge as I've got, I get like six comedians and they have prepared three slam poems based on three topics I've given them ahead of time. Okay. So it's kind of like a com, it's kind of like a character show. So most, most of the comedians come on with some type of character. Uh, I had Matt Schmidt who was an, uh, an adult acrostic poem writer. Um, so and he like, w- he had like a, like a blue, like furry, almost like pinpoint jacket. <laughs> um, and he was, his whole thing was like, put your A's in the sky. Cause his name was acrostique. Um, <laughs> so like, it's, it's really fun for me. Cause it's, it's like cool. Cause a lot of, and it's fun. Cause a lot of my friends that have asked to be on the show that are comedian, they're either, they're either improvisers or they're standups or they're sketch writers. And they're all like, I'm really scared. I'm nervous to do this. Cause it's like poetry and I don't mm-hmm. want, and I'm like, well, the thing is like. Honestly, anything these people write, it's like 
it's a po- it, it works it's funny it's entertaining like mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I, my school of poetry comes out of is like anything's a poem anything can work like you just have to frame it um so the show's really fun i enjoy it a lot because it's like and some of them are actually like really good po- like legitimately good <laughs> poems that i'm like this is great um so yeah, I do that once a month at Good Good. So, okay, that is a monthly show because I, I I know I've seen it a couple like seen it on their list a couple times. I wasn't sure if it was a you know permanently wrote like yeah yeah. Um, but you're also teaching improv there too. I am like coming up. Yeah, I'm a lot's a lot's happening. Uh, yeah, I'm starting that in the fall. Um, I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's a level one class, and it's it's their first attempt to teach improv at Good Good, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're. Because they've got a producing a uh, show class mm-hmm. with Aaron, um, yeah. Their approach with with the improv is a six week class, and it's gonna be they're not so much. Um, there's not gonna be like house teams. Like it's not the same thing as like with fit. Right. Um, it's more of like a space where like you know like you were saying you were, like sketch one hundred and one. It's a space for like people that are interested in these things to also meet other people that are interested in comedy mm-hmm. and like kind of. And I think they want to have higher levels later on but right now we're just starting with no you have to start with 101 you can't start with 301 no way no way um so now that you're involved in comedy and doing comedy and you know doing improv and and now writing sketch comedy full-time for the most part what are you watching like and has how you watch comedy has that changed like yeah um i don't know the thing is like and I, i i feel like i even when I was studying poetry and doing a lot of poetry and stuff, I, I'm really not a, I don't read and watch a lot. Not because I'm not, I just am a slow, like I, I don't burn through shows and I don't burn through books that often. Mm -hmm. So I feel like even now, like, I mean, I'm still watching SNL. I feel like I've always, even like, I I feel like I like watching all of it, even the like dry spells of it. Mm -hmm. I'm still entertained by that. Um, but I guess, like, I don't know, man. I feel like this is a bad answer. I watch, like, New Girl and, like, the Mindy Project. Okay. Like, I'm a big fan of the, like, girl shit. Um, Even I, though you grew up watching the guy shit. Yeah, man. Gender roles. Um, <laughs> I mean, also, like, I guess I don't watch a whole lot of stuff. I mean, I go to a lot of shows. I, like, go, I mean, I go to a, most of the fit shows and the good, good shows. I also just, like, I read a lot of self-help books, and I find those, like, funny okay i was like but helpful i mean also i mean if you look at me anything you think about me is like probably like i make kombucha like all these like (laughs) like i i fulfill a lot of like these check marks um but i don't know i guess i'm just like i'm a naturally very like paranoid person and like anxious person so like if so i just translate (laughs) that stuff into comedy for me sure um which probably oh wait that's the question you're gonna ask at the end Okay, sorry. Um, I'm trying to think (laughs) of other stuff that I watch, though. Honestly, I feel bad when people like ask me, like, "What do you read or what do you watch?" Like, I mean, I'm uh, like, I'm reading Anna Karenina right now, which is like kind of (laughs) funny. Is it? There's like moments. (laughs) I don't. I mean, he does talk about like Russian sharecropping. Are you sure you're reading Anna Karenina? (laughs) I don't. I don't know how much comedy there is in Anna Karenina. I also spend uh, all day with an eight-month-old, which is really funny. So, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of those things that are funny. <laughs> so, like, but he's eight months old, so you're not watching, like, <laughs> not watching Paw Patrol or whatever it is now. <laughs> like, whatever my nephews love. Ugh. Um, Kid shows. Yeah, no, 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 no screen time for this baby. Good. Um, I'm kind of on that. I agree. Um, so then... 
I feel back. Like, I don't have a lot of, like, fruitful information for you about it's my brain. I'm just very, like, go with the flow. It's fine. <laughs> If, if I can mine this YouTube page and like put it on my <laughs> Tumblr forever, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so then, so you, you do, con- you went to school for poetry. I also did circus. I feel like I left that out. I have a okay. Back- I have a background in circus, which is like comes to play with a lot of my characters. So, wait, okay. So if we've skipped over circus, then we have a, a, a full another five or six minutes to talk about that. Um, so yeah, so what are you doing with where where does that come in? Where does that happen? Well, when I was at Pratt, Pratt doesn't have a theater. Doesn't ha- they don't do plays? They don't have theater. They just have. Um, but they have circus. Yeah, her name's Jennifer Miller. She's also known as the Bearded Lady, and she has legitimate beard. She's an awesome performer. She does vaudeville stuff on Coney Island. Um, she was a big performer in, in like Greenwich and the East Village. I am I'm still very confused about the idea that an art school doesn't have a theater program. But does have a circus pro. You're like. confused, but then you sit for a moment, and then maybe you're like, uh, um, um, <laughs> I don't think so. So she, she literally like represented the theater program, and we would do whatever she wanted to do. So we did this like musical, um, where we were all in drag, but female drag. So like I, I was just wearing, I looked like I was a man in female drag, but it was like, and we like sewed platform. Uh, shoes on and we did these like musicals that were like ba- <laughs> what's that there's that tennis player that like uh hurt she like attacked another f- tennis player back in like the 80s or 90s with her tennis racket I don't it's a real thing but we did sure. a play called the golden racket uh and so we did a lot of like big campy circusy stuff but then we also did on the side we did um uh just there's a circus like play we did about bluebeard and I was on stilts for that. So I can I do stilt walking and like acrobatic stuff. Huh. Um But like not like clown or Well like so there was clowning in the acrobatic stuff. Like it was like um was it Brecht, I think? I we, we would like she was really big on like per- gender in circus, like gender and performance and stuff like that. Hence mm. like we did Bluebeard, but like we all had beards on. I don't know. Um, it was, but um, yeah, we did. She was a. She had a background in clowning too. Um, but yeah, I did more of the like juggling, like basic that kind of stuff. And then um, she she runs a circus in New York called Circus Amuck that I that I worked with. It was like um, like a, a queer uh, social justice oriented circus. Okay. So they would do uh, actual like acrobatic circus stuff, but there was no animals involved because. Was their deal, and it was cool. We traveled through the through the five boroughs, and we did like a circus on stop and frisk. And we like had pamphlets and let everyone know like what to do and how to deal with the cops. Hmm. <laughs> but so I did I did circus for a lot of for a lot of those four years at school. So I think that carries in. I do really physical improv, and I do really big characters, and okay. even the sketches I write are always like eight pages long and have to be cut down by yeah they do by everyone <laughs> else on the team um, so then okay so after you know poetry and circus what brings like what brings you to comedy like it's not your landing point necessarily it's not where you're ending but like yeah why is that the focus now um I think I mean kind of like I said earlier I feel like everything I've kind of done has been like like I've always like um been like interest, I always as a kid was very interested in comedy and like SNL and that type of stuff. But I feel like I kind of like 
was scared to fully pursue it and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like doing poetry and even, do, I mean, I still love improv, but doing these things have kind of been like guiding me towards doing more like sketch and doing that kind of stuff. And for me, comedy is like, cause I was thinking about this when you're talking to it. I was like, why me? Um, and I was thinking like, uh, for me, like as a kid, like I was medicated as a kid for like anxiety and depression sure. and stuff. I'm not anymore. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it in general, but I think a lot of the things I do now as an adult are to like avoid medication. Mm-hmm. Like what? And so, like, I think for me, like, doing comedy and, and being able to, like, uh, trickle down the, like, anxiety or paranoia and just be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a man in a funny hat say that instead of <laughs> my inner psyche um, <laughs> helps me to cope, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's why I'm doing it. So it's, it's okay, so it's a, almost a direct response to not wanting to take happy pills or, like, when you can actually like go and physically be happy and work through all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And just make fun of it like that. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is like shedding light on anything that like freaks me out or creeps me out. I'm just going to write something stupid about it and then hopefully it'll be funny. Anything else you want me to say? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Annie is a busy person. You can catch the second half of the debut of The Decoy, the new house sketch team at the Philly Improv Theater, on August 25th and 26th at 9 p.m. If you've seen on Facebook, they've gotten some pretty good reviews so far. Uh, and The Prince is opening for them. You can also see Annie weekly doing improv with Swan Year on Saturdays at FIT. Go to fitcomedy.com for more information. Monthly, she hosts The Slam, a show about poetry by comedians. And starting September 11th, she's teaching the first Improv 101 at Good Good Comedy. For more information about both of those events, go to goodgoodcomedy.com. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up with who I'm going to be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.